This crowd has hollered itself weak. Henderson at second, Molitor at first, one out of the ninth, 6-5 Philadelphia. Stottlemyre and Castillo throwing in case of extra innings. Fastball is hit to left field, down the line, in the corner, home run! The legend, <clears throat> excuse me, Vin Scully passes away in the middle of the night at the age of 94 years. Retired recently for the Dodgers. The legendary play-by-play voice of Major League Baseball and your Los Angeles Dodgers. Probably the most legendary broadcaster ever, I would say. The only other person would be Harry Callie. Is that his name? Whoever the Cubs guy is. I don't really care. Hold on. Let me get it. Harry Carey, Harry Callie, Harry Carey. That's right. <laughs> Vin Scully dies and some legendary calls right there. The first one is, in my opinion, the greatest home run in Major League Baseball history. A lot of people forget about it because it was Canada. And uh, this is before Twitter and the internet, of course. Joe Carter walks off the World Series against the Phillies. Second call, Hank Aaron breaks the all-time home run record held by Babe Ruth for so long. And the third call, of course, the Mets come back on the error by Bill Buckner. He had a bunch of other legendary calls. He had a really great run at the end there. The Dodgers, uh, they usually are always good because they have so much money, but they've really been fun the last couple years, and that's sort of when he said goodbye. So RIP to the legendary Vin Scully. Started his uh, career for the Dodgers back in 1950. He wrapped it up back in 2016. Um, He... (laughs) Was married for about 15 years, then got divorced, and then uh, died married. He got remarried in 1973 and died married. What a legend. I think he died married. I might be wrong. Or he might have got divorced last year, or somebody might have passed away. I don't know. But he, he was married in the majority of his life. What a guy. So that'll be, that'll be on the internet for about five minutes today, but there's just <clears throat> too much stuff going on for that. So we're going to start with baseball. We'll get to uh, football in a minute. I had big... Uh, More big punishment news from uh, Roger Goodell. So let's start with the MLB trade deadline. Juan Soto, usually the big trades don't happen. It did happen, so the Nationals are smarter than other organizations like the Cubs, who are idiots. The Cubs are just a joke. They are a joke. They have this guy, Wilson Contreras, who's like their one good player. And they've been like, oh, somebody come get him. And then they're like, oh, we couldn't find an offer. And then now they're just going to let him sign somewhere else. So very stupid. So, okay. The Juan Soto has is he's so elite and he's such a good baseball player. They won a World Series. The Nationals did back in 2021. 
2019? I don't remember. I think it might have been 2019. I don't remember. It was the COVID year. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. What does matter is that he is that good at the at the age of 23. He seems like he's been their best player forever. They won the year after Bryce Harper signed in Philadelphia, which is hilarious to me, and it's hilarious to everybody. So Juan Soto goes for just a ton of stuff. Also, uh, the Baltimore Orioles, they get, they're only two and a half games out of a wild card. And instead of like trying to make the playoffs, they're like, ah, fuck it. They don't care. That's the thing about baseball. Because there's no revenue-sharing model, these teams are not incentivized to try to be good. They're incentivized to try to be cheap. And I can't blame them. You know, these multimillionaires and billionaires, they don't owe us anything. They, they, we think that they do. Pro sports seems a lot like social media in that it seems like it's like a publicly traded commodity. It's not. It's a business. And uh, Baltimore sucks. It's not a fun town compared to, like, the other 30 markets. And nobody wants to go to the games. And there's no, like, it's, it is actually not financially viable to try to be good. It just isn't. So, MLB trade deadline happened. Wilson Contreras not traded. Juan Soto traded to the San Diego Padres. He joins Manny Machado and uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. in what will be the most electrifying, electrifying lineup in professional baseball. You love to see that kind of stuff. Uh, good for San Diego. They're back. And then, Juan Soto is a free agent in a couple of years, so it's entirely possible the Padres, if it doesn't work out this year and it doesn't look like it's working out next year, they might just flip him. I'd like to shout out the Boston Red Sox who made two trades at the deadline. They uh, they acquired this guy named Reese McGuire uh, a couple little while back. He pled no contest to public masturbation. And then, of course, we reported on, on this show that the... Uh, they acquired Tommy Pham, the guy that slapped the guy over fantasy football. So the Red Sox aren't good, but they're going to be fun to talk about. But they're not going to be good. Baseball's still happening. Allegedly, we'll follow it as it... Uh, it'll be boring for a while, but then we'll follow it as the playoffs and races. And Aaron Judge has 42 home runs, which is... You know, he's going to be close. He won't get to Barry Bonds, but he will he might be Babe Ruth, which is a big deal for the Yankees. All right, let's go to football, where enormous news happened yesterday. The Miami Dolphins, oh, do you remember the conspiracy theory thing where I was like, just to remind you, the conspiracy theory was that Brady and Peyton and the Dolphins were colluding so that Brady could retire. Actually, he was never going to retire. He was going to go to the Dolphins and he, they were going to trade for him in exchange for a stake in the team. Remember, Stephen Ross is a Michigan alum and Brady is a Michigan alum, so they've been... Brady has been having his ass just licked by Stephen Ross forever. They're, like, obsessed with each other. Well, actually, Brady's probably not obsessed with Stephen Ross. But it was going to be for a stake of the team. Nobody knows quite how that works legally. It's like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. When you retire, you can have a stake in the team, which is objectively an amazing investment, of course. So Brady's going to go to the Dolphins, where they hired Mike McDaniel, who's in the lead offensive coach. <clears throat> but it was going to be with Sean Payton. Remember Sean Payton re retired and he gave that weird press conference? Like, why is Sean Payton retiring? And then... Bill Belichick sends out that text and blows up everything about this tampering thing so that Robert Flores, the black head coach who was interviewing for the Giants job, finds out he doesn't get the Giants job before he interviews. And then he just blows the lid on all this shit that he was kind of like told that he needs to get to get, get on get on board with Tom Brady and that he's incentivized for losing. And he just like files this enormous lawsuit. So now the plan for Tom Brady to go from the Bucks to the Dolphins with Stephen Ross and Sean Payton is kaput, and then Brady retires. And everyone's like, what the hell? And everyone's like, well, he was never intending to retire. They don't know what to do now. This was Retirement was never a real thing. It was a, it was a move to get the Bucks to trade him. But then Robert Flores blew the lid on it, 
And everyone's like, well, what the fuck? Well, turns out all of that was exactly correct. All of that happened exactly the way it was described because the NFL investigated and they found that indeed that's what happened. The Dolphins were punished for it. The investigation was also about whether or not Robert Flores was factually directed to and incentivized to tank or purposely lose games for the Miami Dolphins. The NFL, what the NFL found is absolutely hysterical. I cannot get enough of this. It is so funny. Okay, so they got punished. The owner, Stephen Ross, is suspended for six games, which suspending a player means that not only can they not play, but they don't get paid for those games. The owner's still going to get paid. So suspending owners is fucking stupid. He can't go to the stadium? Oh, well, guess what? He owns it. Kind of. Maybe the city of Miami does. I don't really know what their situation is. It doesn't really matter. So he gets suspended for six games. They lose a first and a third round draft pick, and I think they get fined. However, the NFL found that there was no incentivizing or actual direction for tanking games. However, he did make a joke about it, and the NFL found that that joke was not adequate evidence. What? The joke was something like, oh, we need a higher draft position. Oh, what do I need to do? Pay you 100000 a game? The funniest part about this, the funniest part about this was that year it was tank for Tua. Tua Tagovailoa, the Alabama quarterback. That year, Miami accidentally won five games by trying hard because Robert Flores is a hell of a football coach and Ryan Fitzpatrick is a fun, like, Brett Favre light. So they won five games, including the last game of the year. They end up drafting fifth. So they are not going to have the first overall pick. They can't get Tua, but wait. Joe Burrow is having the year of his life in college football and is the number one overall prospect. So Tua Tagovailoa is there. They take Tua one pick later. The San Diego Padres, or San Diego Padres, the San Diego Chargers, and now the LA Chargers take Justin Herbert, who is objectively so much better than Tua. The Dolphins got Tua anyway. They didn't have to tank to do it, and he sucks. <laughs> this is, oh, my God. Okay, are you up to date? So now everyone's like, so Stephen Ross got six games for kind of trying to lose and just insane, insane collusion. The, the conspiracy theory that I, I put out here was right. And there are some other people that were on board with similar conspiracy theories. Yeah, they were going to give him a stake in the team. That's right. But, and they incentivized him to tank, but they just said, uh, JK, LOL. That was their defense. JK, we were JK. <laughs> this is fucking incredible. Oh, God. It really is just a TV show. Don't let anybody tell you different. It's so funny. They, I mean, they need more of these. These owners are so dumb that, like, but honestly, it's kind of sad. Americans don't care about politics nearly this much. If we did, I th and everybody was on board and this emotionally invested in political outcomes, I think the country would be more well-run. But people are so obsessed with sports, including myself, that they sniffed this shit out in five minutes and it turned out to be true. <laughs> oh, my God. And now with social media, these owners are so old for the most part that they don't know how to shut up. They don't know the importance of shutting up and then the internet is forever. And it's not like old news cycles. We're just like putting it on the internet at 5 p.m. on a Friday is enough. People are going to be obsessed with it. So Ross gets the same amount of games as Deshaun Watson. People are upset about that. Everyone expects the NFL's legal response to the suspension, which will probably be some sort of appeal, to happen today on Wednesday because the Hall of Fame game is coming up. Um, and they don't want those two things to happen on the same day because... Hall of Fame induction and uh, first preseason game and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then next week, of course, is the, the preseason starts in earnest for a lot of teams. And I don't know why they don't have games on the weekdays, but, you know, whatever. That's not really 
My problem. We'll get you a couple of NFL headlines. It's training camp, so there's a lot of things happening. The most important thing, if you're a fantasy football player, uh, one of the fantasy football darlings and a league winner, Tim Patrick, wide receiver for the Broncos, tore his ACL. That's a big bummer. Uh, Tristan Worfs had to be carted off. We should check on Tristan Worfs, actually. Remember Ryan Jensen, the center for the Bucks, he tore, it looks like he tore his ACL. We don't know. It looks really bad. He might be out for a couple of months for the Bucks. That's bad. If Tristan Worfs is also out, uh, that'd be bad. Uh, he just says he leaves practice on a cart. It was heat issues, so he's not, does no structural damage, so he should be fine. Tim Patrick tears his ACL. That's bad. Okay. Uh, feel bad for him because he he was like a no name guy that just kind of worked hard on this team with a bunch of studs and came out of nowhere. So now the Broncos have three different guys with ACL tears or ACL repairs, including KJ Hamler and Corden, uh, Cortland Sutton, who will be on the team this year. So we'll see what happens to the Broncos. It's going to be a step back for them regardless, which is tough. Um, you hate to see it. Like of all the things you hate to see, you hate to see that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like these these injuries are are tough. Also Malik Willis of the Tennessee Titans. He said he's light years ahead of where he was during rookie minicamp. Um, I don't know where he was during rookie minicamp, but I have seen some analysis of some things that people videotaped at Titans camp that they shouldn't have. And my God, he sucks. His footwork is a joke. So I wish I could, I wish I have all these bets that I wish I could just go to a sports book. I wish I was rich enough to go to a sports book. Maybe like, can I bet on this? Will you give me odds? If I could, I would bet on, what is the over-under of Malik Willis's position change to running back slash receiver? Because uh, people said that about Lamar, and it was it was taken as a very intense racial critique. Um, and it was. That was racism by old white people that thought that this guy that just ran can't play quarterback. And he does have a lot to work on in passing the football. He's no Mike Vick, but he's better than at least half of the quarterbacks in the NFL. And some would argue, uh, you know, 70, 80, 90%. I agree. Malik Willis is a running back. Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy. Malik Willis couldn't start on like 90 Division One teams. So we'll see what happens with Malik Willis. That was a headline that made me laugh. Can't cover all of it. The English Premier League begins. Oh, shit. I don't actually know. It's like it's this week. It's going to be Friday. First game is on Friday. Crystal Palace, Liverpool, um, I believe. Is it? <laughs> I have the season futures up. For those of you that want to bet. Premier League schedule. Um, cool promotion this year. Nottingham Forest is up. That's awesome. Good for them. Nottingham Forest and Wolves are two of my favorite clubs. I'm glad they're both in the Premier League at the same time. That's really cool. First game, Friday, August 5th in the year of our Lord. Crystal Palace is at Arsenal. Okay, so let's take a look at the what the wise guys think, who's going to win. Man City and Liverpool. Man City is a heavy favorite. Then a bit of a relatively baby drop to Liverpool. And then an enormous jump. Like an enormous jump to Chelsea and Tottenham. And then another gargantuan, like double jump to Man United and Arsenal. So the wise guys are saying there are there are two teams that are going to win the Premier League. There are two other teams. Like, eh, I kind of might, but that's it. There's no really other reason to pay attention. In uh, the EPL, there have been something called the Big Six. One of those teams is not like the others in that they've been kind of shooting themselves in the foot. The big six are Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, Man United, and Arsenal. Arsenal owner Stan Kroenke owns the Rams and the Avs, so that would be a fun bet just because he's just having himself a hell of a, hell of a year. There are some cool bets on FanDuel that I really like, uh, dual forecasts. For example, Liverpool and Tottenham are plus 1,800, which I believe you have to 
you've got to pick them to finish top two. For example, if Man City just like falls off and Tottenham kind of slips in there and whatever happens. And last year, remember, the gap between Man City, Liverpool, and everybody else was enormous. However, Tottenham did get four points against Man City, who won the league. Four. That means they won and they drew. Right, four. So it's entirely possible that a team like Tottenham or Chelsea could slip in to the top two. And if you pair them with Liverpool, you get pretty good odds. So it's kind of like this weird parlay. And if I'm not going to bet, I wouldn't want to bet on top four finishers in the Premier League, but I would love to do one of these dual forecast parlay things. The odds are better because you have to understand like the top four finish, which gets you into the Champions League, top four finish in the Premier League, Man City and Liverpool. Man City is minus 9,000. I've never seen odds like that. It's minus 9,000. They're like, this is stupid, which I agree with. Liverpool is minus 1,100. So even Liverpool, they're like, yeah, you never know. Something could happen. But Man City, like, this is pointless. I do think that they play in the Champions League. They've been playing in the Champions League a long time. They're really good, and they're deep and all that kind of stuff. So um, anyway, all of this is to say that the, the first game is on Friday. We'll do some more, some more preview stuff. I know we don't cover enough uh, English Premier League soccer. I'm not going to cover other leagues. I'll do Champions League. I'll do FIFA. I'm not going to cover other leagues. I don't have time for that, and this is uh, these United States. Um, we will do some international sports, of course. Remember last year we did the Olympics. The World Cup is coming up. And America, who ruined Ukraine? Was it Australia or was it Wales? Somebody ruined Ukraine going to the World Cup and didn't really understand that we need them to go. I think it might have been Wales. Good for them, I guess, theoretically. You nerds. Here's a quote from uh, Detroit Lions camp. Jamal Williams. How did you get into what, anime? Jamal Williams. You know, I'm not going to play that clip. I want to get you out of here on a different clip. See if I can do it before the music runs out. Probably not, but maybe. The Detroit Lions are in Hard Knocks, and they dropped another trailer. And I'll be honest with you, it was sick. You know what? I can't find it. That's fine. We have a week for you to play that. Jamal Williams said if it wasn't for football, he wouldn't have any friends because he just liked to play anime and Pokemon cards. I'll be your friend, Jamal. Back and better than ever tomorrow.